0: So my my next thought was about if peer support was was on site was included in our hospitals or in our whatever healthcare facility. And I thought of this based on the announcement this this past week by BC's Minister of Mental Health and Addictions Sheila Malcolmson mm-hmm. came up with the fact that there will be this new new service for for healthcare workers that there will be o- sort of an online based peer support mm-hmm. for, for mental health check ins, volunteer run, and I, from the sound of it, I think it it will be interdisciplinary. You know that anyone of any profession within the healthcare system can can log in and be a part of these meetings, which which sounds which sounds good there's not a very big budget for it it was quite a small small amount of funding that it seemed to get in a in the scheme of the money that's floating out there mm-hmm. but it it did make me think about what if and again these are this is mental health related so they're not saying this is addictions peer support
1: but it's weird that they're keeping those separate eh it,
0: it is and and i guess it's it's a it's a good question should should it be separate What will the level of disclosure be like? How comfortable will healthcare professionals be? Will there be any fallout or repercussion for for people saying that they're having an urge or that their mental health is struggling? How much confidentiality will there be? My hunch is that there will be some trepidation from some about how much they want to share and disclose and participate even.
1: Yeah. Is it, uh, is it set up by the government or by the, the union? Uh, like if it's a government subsidized program or, or something that the government is implementing, then I think that will probably be the least trusted funder of that program. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So I, I think it's a good idea. Like, uh, that, uh, that shows promise for sure, but I wonder how they're I mean, like you said, you've got the confidentiality thing. Maybe that can be done the way that uh, the pharmacist association does it, because what they do is they they do have an open line where you can you can call and say, "Look, I'm having a problem. This is what's going on," and they will actually provide you with a counselor to talk to. Uh, Unfortunately, it's I think you only get three sessions or whatever, and the counselor is not probably of the, of the credentials needed to handle such a problem. Sure. But it's, it's good in that it is anonymous. So they don't take that information and immediately turn it over to the college. They don't, you know, uh, go into punitive mode right away. They actually are trying to help. It's just that they're ineffective. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that that would be the, the you'd have to somehow, and I don't know if you're going to be able to do that without funding. Like You need to attract people and they're going to say, well, it's peer support. So you can't, you know, it's, it's, it's not supposed to be, you're not supposed to have credentials, which is fine. But what you actually need is lived experience, right? You do. So if things were set up in the way that we were discussing earlier, where confidentiality wasn't an issue because the stigma was dramatically reduced then you could simply take individuals like us, <laughs> and uh, maybe after we've been uh, a year or two down the road, and we've we've kind of got to a point where we're comfortable with it, that could be an option and a, a a place of support, much in the way that like I I started Obsidian to help people, but it also helps me, right?
0: Yeah. And, to, you know, to not have a, a platform where someone who can sit, where someone can say, <clears throat> you know, my last number of shifts have been really, really hard. And I just want to go home and drink a, a whole bottle of wine when I go home. Or I'm, you know, as soon as I get into my car, I need to light up a joint. Or I'm really bloody close to picking up a vial, a hydromorphone. Mm-hmm. If you don't include a safe space for that. Then I don't think that I think you're you're missing what is a, such a huge part of that, and it's like it it kind of feels to me like, and in reading the language, the, in this press statement, the addiction piece was highly understated, right? And I and mean. and especially so if there's if there's and we, you and I have met people who have disclosed to coworkers about their drinking, or coworkers have have become privy to their drinking one way or another, whether it's in person or social media or however, and those people end up getting reported. So what is the safeguard here to ensure that people aren't getting reported left, right and center? And this could potentially be a, a under the current system of, of reporting and and sort of punitive addiction treatment. Our workforce, our dwindling workforce could dwindle even further under this model.
1: Right. And I I mean, the the first thing that comes to mind is if you were to set up this program in the same way that we're doing this, only um, maybe you could implement avatars and have like a voice modulator, you know, if if you were that concerned about it, which you would probably have to be realistically at this point, because I mean, you can't, like, where can you go that you would trust it enough? You know, like your identity would have to be protected at all costs. Yeah. If it's, I mean, I don't know what they're, if they're understating the addictions part, then, I mean, they're, they're probably missing the, you know, the, the, the part that's going to have the most impact on the way health is delivered. Correct. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, what else people are going to go on there and they're going to, they're going to complain probably, or say that they're suffering from symptoms that are, the basically the, the the symptoms that you get before you break down and take a drug or 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 reach out for something to self soothe, like maybe I mean if you could, maybe they're hoping to catch people at that point. But yeah,
0: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and it, you know, to me, it's like it's, and I don't want to, and I don't think we are slamming this, but there there are concerns, and I guess we'll it will all. Uh, be shown in time here, how how it Mm -hmm. works, but the goal should be, should be community. And if workers are struggling with the stress of the workplace and with all of the, all of the different, different factors day to day, and the idea is to bring them together, there's still a buffer there. There's still something that's blocking that community connection if they can't fully disclose where they're at. And if, if they think that they're being watched by big brother, uh, and they're going to get ratted on for for you know saying that they need to have a drink at the end of their shift instead of saying let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, yeah that that is a a big problem. I'm not sure how they're going to deal with it. I do think it like I mean it is a it's a great idea, and I'm glad that that they're paying attention to it. But yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's it's interesting that there's a focus there. But there doesn't seem to be, I mean, there's there's so many other problems that are, are causing there to be a need for this service that aren't being addressed. <laughs>
0: you know, and 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 it was it was it was referred to on on Twitter as a band aid for a bullet hole.
1: Yeah, that's a that's about right.
0: And I and I, I agree with you, it, it should be more evident about you know the the whole system that this is required. And it probably should have been there in the first place, but the fact that it's being implemented now, um, again, time will tell.
1: Yeah. I mean, are we even at the place where, you know, there's a certain kind of code of conduct with professionals and you've said it many times yourself, you want to come across as somebody who can take a lot of punishment as in you, you can work long hours. You can You can be the one who's, who's counted on to, to get it done. So, I mean, you're, you're kind of, you, you would have to, you'd have to have an atmosphere where it was okay to, to admit that you're even struggling as a professional in that you can't, you know, you could say, I can't make it through my shift. I feel like I'm going crazy. It does. It seems like no matter what I do, it's never enough. Now could, is, would it be, Acceptable at this point for somebody to come forward like that without there being repercussions? You know what I mean. Like, would that affect their professional? Uh, or you know, would it affect their ability to get a job? Would it be reported by somebody who then m- moves that information along to an insurance company who now ups the premiums because you've got somebody who they think is on the on the edge of having a psychotic breakdown? Or
0: great question.
1: You know, yeah, yeah. So. I think if you, if you can't secure that area first, then you don't have much hope of, of making it comfortable for people to come in who are actually, you know, diverting narcotics or, or, or even people who are willing to admit that they're drinking too much after work or something. like
0: that. That's right. You, know, you and, know, and I think I've mentioned this before that on the, uh, the sick call hotline, if you, if you, uh, and Anyone in within the healthcare system probably knows this, that if you are sick, you call a hotline and that's what it goes through a whole sort of call logging system. And that's how you, that it, that's how you're, you know, sort of inputted into the system as, as not coming into work. And there are, um, <laughs> there are a couple of options that you can hit when you're calling in, you say that you're missing your shift for this date and this time. And then it says if for respiratory illness, press one for gastrointestinal illness, press two, uh, for other Press three. Okay. Well, great. But imagine if it said for mental health and burnout, press four. And how many people who are calling in sick for the valid reason of burnout and and a challenging week of mental health?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. And if those numbers, they're all being recorded somewhere, right? Somebody's keep track of this data i would assume yeah uh imagine like imagine it, that would be a great way to just track your like to have a baseline indicator of what's going on with your your healthcare team
0: so the question is do we want to do these employers do they want to know this and and in in introducing this this um we'll call it a support group model that that they're that they're rolling out they are they are opening that door. So I, I guess I say, if we're opening it, then let's open it fully. Let's blow that door off of its hinges and show how much people are struggling and get yeah. really, really honest about
1: it. Yeah. No half measures, right? I mean, if you're right, it's just it, the way it works here is that you're either on board or you're not. And yeah, that, that has been a constant source of uh, all sorts of problems where it's, I mean, so much of this is a, a political show, at least, it, well, I it at least it appears. It is a it political does. show. Sure. There's no question about it. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, if you follow Sheila Malcolmson on Twitter, I do uh, I do as well. And I, I don't know why I do, I guess, just to get make myself angry. But the the types of photo ops, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it it is preposterous, you know, what well, Sheila she'll stand in front of a a ribbon cutting uh, ceremony for new housing for a dozen displaced seniors or something. And they're talking about how this program came to fruition it's all well and good. That's great. But it would be akin to talking about how happy you are with your kitchen renovations while your house is burning down. Right. I mean, how can you stand there with a smile when you've got seven people a day dying on your watch. It's, it's I, I don't, it's difficult to comprehend. It is. I guess, I guess that's why I'm not a politician.
0: So I guess, the, you know, what, what was the what if was what if peer support was on site and, and looked a little bit differently. That was my initial what if. I think the more appropriate what if was what if our, our health ministry and our health employers actually got real about the mental health of, of the workforce?
1: Well, let's think about that for a second. <laughs> it's not something that I, uh, I mean, you can't imagine it happening. So it's it's difficult to even entertain the thought. I mean, if you look at the amount of money that was uh, that we've dumped into just health in general, uh, you know, over the, the other crisis that we've had mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of years, you look at the billions of dollars that were spent there, And the barely anything that was spent in comparison towards mental health. I mean, the money, the financial factor alone, you'd think even with inefficiencies accounted for, would still have a a substantial impact. Of course. And that uh, maybe these programs like we're we're talking about here with where you're going to implement a peer support program, you have enough money to do it correctly and that you've got enough people. um, What was the saying? Nothing about us without us. Yeah, if you this is a this is an area of mental health, uh, specifically if you're talking about addiction, where you really need people who have kind of been there to to get the foundation set up properly. You know, I I just and maybe you can do that with volunteers. I'm not sure, but you've got to think that if they threw more money at at attracting people who have a a, a track record of you know, maybe they've already contributed in some way to to getting people back on their feet or getting through the these the hurdles that you have to face going back to work, whatever it is, maybe that would uh, you'd see right away that these new programs that are being implemented would would be more effective right out the gates. Um,
0: yeah, and it has to feel it has to feel lateral. It can't feel top down. It can't feel paternalistic and as though it's it's coming from above. It has to be the dialogue has to be equal across the table. And so it will very much depend on, on the people who are the volunteers who are facilitating those groups. Um,
1: Yeah. And I guess, do they really know what peer support means? You know, are they just throwing that around because it's becoming a more popular term? You know, peer support by, by its very nature is lateral. It is. I mean, this is the, this is the whole power, like the, the glory of it, the, utility of it is in that lateral transition of, of information and experience. If it is a any type of a hierarchical situation, then right away there becomes issues with confidentiality, issues with trust, issues with who knows what kind of things could happen uh, in, in a system like that. Well, I guess we, we would be uh, seeing what we're seeing now, right? Where people are ratting each other out and punitive kind of a situation and people yeah. are shut down before they're allowed to kind of divulge what's what's going wrong.
0: Yeah. There has to be a relinquishing of, of power and control for it to be a, an open lateral, comfortable space Absolutely, and, and coming from these bodies that have financial, huge mm-hmm. financial stakes and many, many other investments and many, many stakes in these employees. Um, it, it's very hard to see how there wouldn't be some, some intersection there that could be, become a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. It, <laughs> like you said, I guess time will tell. And you yeah, I mean, you can't expect them to roll out a, a perfect model right away. And, uh, it's so hard to be optimistic. i telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it, it is, but it, I guess, you know, yeah, it's a starting point again, within the first month of that program coming, It will be self-evident, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.